0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capsule Production Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Joven Lizzo, and I'm here with my good buddy, Sean Harris. And um, we'll be interviewing one of our colleagues, someone that we both adore dearly, Sam Winters. Welcome, Sam.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on your program, guys.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And um, Sam is going to kind of talk to us about uh, her academic rotation that she previously experienced this year. So we realized that um, after going through our string of rotation episodes, we kind of missed out on the academic one. So we definitely wanted to bring somebody in that can kind of attest to that. But before we start off with that, Sam is also a new mother. So we have to ask her, how's motherhood?
1: Oh my gosh, it is just the best. Honestly, I have just been having the best time and probably pharmacy has been suffering a little bit. I don't know if I should really say that on your (laughs) program, but I mean, this whole thing has just been great. And I can honestly say like probably becoming a doctor will be the second coolest thing I ever do with my life because this baby is just the the best. He's just, he's about almost three months now. And, um, you know, he, I can just see like him, like looking at stuff, like his eyes are so wide and he's like starting to like reach for things now. And he's just like, he's just getting bigger and he's smiling and he's got these little cute little giggles and it's been life changing for sure.
0: That <laughs> and that's that's so cute. I haven't seen any pictures yet, so you got to show me some pictures later.
1: I know. I really need to get on that. I feel like I've had all this time off during this break to like post pictures and work on like an album, and I've literally done nothing. I've just been like just enjoying the the moment and haven't really <laughs> haven't really posted anything on. I, I post stuff on Instagram a little bit, but I haven't really posted anything anywhere else.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so I have to tune into the Instagram. Um, So, with that being said, you said it was three months ago. Was that during a rotation?
1: Yes. So, I finished my academic rotation with Dr. Miller, and then I had my next rotation was MTM, which was at the um, Center for Quality um, Improvement. You know, at at the Orlando campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I did two weeks of training for MTM, and then I had the baby, and then I ended up taking like three weeks off. And then I just, and then I finished it, you know, after that. So my, my MTM rotation was actually like 10 weeks long, but it kind of worked out because I was off the fall, the next rotation after that, I had that rotation off and now we're in Christmas break. So I actually had, you know, that extra time to like do MTM and really get what I needed out of that rotation. Uh, And I had extra time to do that. So that was really nice. And um, you know, Dr. Susie was actually one of the ones who accommodated my whole situation. So that was really, really
0: helpful. I was going to ask. So thank you, Dr. Susie. She's the best. Yeah,
1: Shout out to Dr. Susie. Yeah, She's been great. Shout out to
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to ask, so did you already have that block off that last one or was it switched to that? Rotation?
1: Yeah. So I had, so whatever the, whatever block were now, so this is like Christmas break. So the yeah. one right before Christmas break, I had already scheduled off. Um, It was just the one, it kind of worked out. So I ended up having the baby, like, um, just, you know, a few weeks before that, that break. So, you know, it just, it just happened to work out that I didn't have anything after that. So I was able to take the time off, you know, and kind of like recover and then um, finish that rotation. So it, it worked out, it worked out for me. It was like actually really good timing. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) That's good. So um for all of those that are listening that are not fourth year students, so you probably don't know this, or if you don't go to University of Florida, it might be different at, at your college of pharmacy but at u f we have certain patient care courses um rotations you have to take, and then also you have like non patient care and also patient care electives so correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the academic is non patient care yes yeah, so
1: this is my non patient care elective and you know, because of COVID, I had to drop one of my electives and I really didn't want to have to drop this one because this was the one I was looking forward to the most. Um, so I ended up having to drop my cardiology rotation, which is later in the, the year, but I really wanted to do that one as well. But this one was just one that I definitely wanted to have the experience because um, I've always wanted to teach. Like this has been something that I've, it's mm-hmm. kind of always been like a a long-term goal. Um, and then doing this rotation, i could I could actually see it happening, like see the steps and how to make it happen. and um it was definitely like eye opening the whole the whole rotation. It was just it was fabulous
0: <laughs> so touching on that, um I could definitely see you as a teacher oh
1: thank you. <laughs>
0: oh, you're welcome, and I think you would do an awesome job. and I think you fit the uh, well, I can't say this because I don't know other professors. At other colleges, but I think you you would fit in with the u s professors for sure, but as far as career goals, do you have any other ones besides teaching?
1: Yes, so right before my academic rotation, I did my um my ambulatory care rotation at a cumenin clinic, and as I was doing this rotation, it kind of like solidified AM care for me, so you know teaching would be like long term goal like I'd love to do that like part time or on the side along with like a clinic um, position, like working, you know, in like anticoagulation or like, you know, chronic, you know, other chronic disease state management, like diabetes or hypertension. I really like that patient experience. So I like being able to where, you know, if you work in retail, you kind of are helping patients, but you're not managing like them, like specifically, like long-term you do work with them, but when it comes to like Amcare, you kind of are able to see what they're on and tweak their medications in like long term. See how your you know yeah. recommendations affected them and if it was like for the positive. So I really like that doing that at, at at Advent Health East.
0: That's where I was. Got it. And do you have a preference as far as a chronic disease state like heart failure, COPD, asthma, diabetes, dyslipidemia, etc. Yeah.
1: So. We're going to get a little personal here. I really have a soft spot for heart failure. My dad has been um, struggling with heart failure for the past like 14 years and he's still still like kicking, which is incredible, but he's very sick. And, um, you know, this was actually one of the reasons why I wanted to go to pharmacy school because I was helping him with his medications for the last, you know, like I said, like 13, 14 years and, you know, I didn't know anything about them. And so that was like one of the real reasons like I pushed myself to go to pharmacy school so I could learn about what I was actually helping him with. So yeah, so I would love to work in like a heart failure clinic and be able to like educate these patients and like what to do with their, you know, how to like manage their lifestyle choices and their their weight and their fluid intake and just all these little things that most patients don't even think about, you know. And it all of those little things make such a huge difference when it comes to like heart failure. So I suppose if I had to pick one like area would probably be like a, a heart failure clinic for sure
0: okay I didn't know that um
1: I know I don't really talk about it that much you know I try to always be pretty positive when I'm at school and I don't really like to bring others down but since you asked I figured I'd maybe share a little bit about it so um it's definitely a big part of my life so
2: yeah sharing. yeah Definitely sounds like you're getting every into everything for the right reasons and you have great motivations behind it. And I can also see you like being great in both roles, like ambulatory care and then also faculty. I feel like you have a really good personality around people and teaching. So, so <laughs> like you definitely <laughs> excel in both paths. actual production, uh two thumbs up. <laughs> oh stop. also production approved. Go on. Yeah, say yeah, more
1: guys. <laughs> <thumbs up. Yeah. laughs>
2: Council production you could write you a letter, to raccoon. You
1: know? Oh, that would be great! I really need one, so I would. <laughs> yeah,
2: okay, we got you. <laughs> All right, so got kind of to flipping back to your um, academic rotation experience for um, for our listeners yeah. who you be considering this one. So I know you said you were with Dr. Miller, correct? Yes. So, how was your experience and your relationship with her during your rotation?
1: She is just an angel on earth like she is just I know that you have a lot of listeners that aren't from our campus or aren't from our school, but she's probably the most incredible human I've ever met like honestly, this rotation with her was so eye opening because she really taught me how to like, you know, if it's even possible to be even more compassionate and empathetic and just really like what it means to like be there for like your students and be there for like others. Like it, it went beyond academic. Like it was just more of like a life coach sort of rotation. And I know you have Riley on here often. And I think if she was listening right now, she would 100% attest to this yeah. as well, because I mean, we both, we both had the most incredible experience. So it was definitely eye opening like the amount of work she put in and how she puts in so much like heart and soul into all of her lectures and all of her PowerPoints and all of her presentations. So it's definitely something that will stick with me. And I want to like continue whenever I end up teaching or whatever I do, like I'll always have like a little bit of what she's taught me in all of those further, like future experiences for sure.
2: No, and I think that's great because anybody can really teach the course material, but it's those people that have the compassion for their students, what they're actually doing, who end up being the great teachers. You know,
1: Exactly. 100%. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So what was your day to day like? like? What was like your hours and sort of like the tasks that you were assigned with?
1: Because of COVID, it was kind of up in the air, you know, at the beginning of my rotation. My rotation actually started two weeks before the school year actually started. So really, those first two weeks was kind of nice because I was working from home. I was preparing, um, lecture material, uh, for certain modules within the uh, principles of patient centered care course. So this is for all the one, the new one PD students. So I was, just kind of like cleaning up her lectures and um kind of adding adding new things for those um and then also one of the things that i I did was facilitated orientation for the new one p d so this was really cool because this was something that the ambassadors usually do, but you know it was mostly on zoom, so they the ambassadors actually reached out to me and asked me to help facilitate part of the orientation, so we were able to Riley and I were actually able to facilitate like a a question and answer, answer session for like all the one PDs of like, you know, you know, if they have any questions, you know, it's a safe, a safe zone, like ask us whatever you need. So that was a really cool opportunity to just kind of get to know all the the new students and see what their like goals and dreams are. And it's weird because I feel like I know I sound crazy saying this I was literally just there like I feel like we just were in orientation like yesterday and now we're on our fourth year and it's just it's gone so so freaking fast you know and then here we are talking to the new one pds and I just it's like a surreal it's like definitely a surreal moment I'm trying to trying to explain it. it is not coming out the way probably you would want to hear it but it's definitely surreal
2: No, I can definitely attest to that. Like, it definitely feels like the other day we were, like, so nervous walking into, like, orientation and meeting our new team. And now it's, like, we're talking about what residencies we're going to apply to, how our rotations are going. It's, like, whoa, we're we're at the the finish line almost.
1: It's crazy. It is just, I mean, people always, and that's not something you hear, like, at the beginning of pharmacy school. Like, two things you always hear is it's going to go super fast and pharmacy is a small world. And those two things have literally carried through every year, like, I feel those two things keep like slapping me in the face every day. Like everybody knows everybody. And, you know, if you do something wrong, everybody's going to hear about it. Or if you do something awesome, people from other hospitals are going to know about it. It's just, it. it's so, the news travels so fast, you know?
0: As far as the, um, the task that you had to do, mm-hmm. is it pretty independent or did you work along with Dr. Miller for a lot of it?
1: She was really great in that she kind of let me do whatever I wanted to do. Um, and I can't say that every like academic rotation will be like this, but she was really incredible in that she kind of gave me a brief outline of what she wanted to cover within a module or within a lecture. And, you know, she was the one actually recording the lectures, but as far as like preparing the PowerPoint presentation, I could tweak it and do whatever I wanted to it. And then she would end up. Recording it after, so I could really do whatever I wanted, and I thought this was really a great opportunity to just kind of put my spin on things, and you know, be able to—I uh I don't know—just uh,
0: yeah, you're you're being creative. I feel like uh listening to this, it sounds like you're like a movie director. Like she's <laughs> the star actor because she's the one actually going to be in the face and in the camera, but you're kind of directing. We're placing. Where um how the slides are gonna look? Maybe you put a creative meme in there or something exactly um et cetera et cetera. So that's that's what I'm walking away with, and that's super cool because it shows your creative side.
1: And I love to create new like content, like all you know, new activities, new events. Like I really like to be um innovative and do do fun things like that. So I I tried to do that within the course, and the other part of the rotation was facilitating skills lab. So because of COVID. A lot of the labs were on Zoom. So, you know, I would facilitate like a journal club online and kind of talk through the students with their journal clubs. And this was actually really helpful because for me, journal clubs is something I personally struggle with. I still find them hard to get through. But I think it was really helpful to be able to be on the other side of it and hear their journal clubs and kind of talk to them about it. So that was really cool. And then uh, another part was compounding labs. So, this was something they had to do in person. And because of COVID, we had to be extra careful with all of the equipment and everything had to be sterile and clean. And the students came in and all of their materials were set up in their station. So their compounding kit was all ready to go. All of the ingredients were already measured out. Um, and that took days to do all that. So I ended up doing that for a couple of days before their 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 lab I set up every station was set up in the within the skills lab so and then in between each each lab you had to wipe down everything and make sure it was sanitized so we had to be really really careful for compounding lab since they were actually on campus but it was a really great opportunity to watch them like make make their you know whatever it was it was like their lotions or their ointments or you know whatever it was they were making at the time But um again
0: there was, was a suppository a that we had to make right like what did you say suppository. i feel like we made a suppository or something so that was
1: first year but this was actually the third year lab so i ended up Oh, okay, okay. i think they made like a like a diaper rash cream and an yeah, ointment. it was like
0: creams and lotions and like ointments or something or yeah
1: and then they also made like a voltaire and gel so they were um you know and then you would assess it so i had to grade them on their preparation so not only oh, checking, damn, their, like checking their math, but t- like taking taking a little bit of their preparation out and like s- doing the smear test to make sure yeah. it's you know smooth and there's no grit and their grooves are clean, you mm. know, true Mobley fashion. But <laughs> they had to make sure it was like like spot on and good. And so, it, like I said, it was cool because this is something we literally just did like a year ago. So I was like fresh in my mind and. I felt like it was a good, it was a really good experience.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, do you think, or do you know if your experience would have been different if there wasn't COVID, would you still have like the same tasks really?
1: Yeah, I think, well, I think as far as compounding lab, I wouldn't have had to, um, you know, do all the prep work that mm-hmm. took, I, like I said, it literally took days to, to prep all their st- all of their things. But, um, I think it would have been even better because all of the labs would have been in person and I would have been able to have like a little bit more like hands on, like in the classroom, like experience with them. But I think either way, it was a good experience. I mean, I'm definitely getting more comfortable with my Zoom meetings and being on camera. So (laughs) I I try to see like the positive in the in the whole COVID thing, as hard as that is, you know.
0: know. And um, did you have a lot of experience with other students that were on academic rotation as well?
1: Well, just, you mean like, like a co-student? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, my, like I said before, my, the only person that was on the rotation with me at the time was Riley. And this mm-hmm. was really nice because we did everything together. And I think this is something that in any rotation, if it allows, to, like, and if the preceptors lets you like kind of find someone that you can do these projects with, because I think working with Riley, like we have different strengths for sure. And where Riley would excel in something, maybe it wouldn't be so great for me. And she would t- kind of take the lead on that project. And then in other areas, I would take the lead. And so we just kind of like worked together. And I felt like it was so much more, we got so many more things done. It was more efficient because like, especially in skills lab, like you know, I would be setting out stuff while she'd be working on inventory and making sure we had enough, you know, lotion and ointment and, um, you know, way paper and everything. And then as far as like, you know, in the principles of patient-centered care, you know, I'd be working on lectures while she'd be working on the Zoom talking to the students. So mm-hmm. it was just really nice to have like a buddy to like do these things with for sure.
0: Got it. So what would you say was your favorite experience on this rotation?
1: I would say Skills Lab, a hundred percent, because it's like you're 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 actually like teaching them these things that you just learned. So it's just like a total flip of your um experience. You know, a year ago you were so nervous to go to Skills Lab and do these journal clubs or do these verbal assessments, even for the one PDs, like they were brand new and I would assess them on their um how to, you know, greet a patient in the pharmacy, like what you would ask them for when you're inputting a prescription, you know, a role play with them. And um, these are things that, you know, we kind of just did. So being on the other side of it, you're able to really um, talk to them and get to know, like, you know, you see that they're nervous for sure. And, uh, you know, it's just, it was just nice to be able to do what you just you like you're i don't know you're teaching them, and then you just learned this stuff like last year, so it's just a cool like flip you know turn of events
0: uh, I don't know if that
1: makes sense or if that's it what you does, it look does.
0: Look you now something I didn't think about um I don't know if it's because it's dr miller uh was your um preceptor because I didn't hear you mention I might have missed it, but I didn't hear you mention doing anything with the two p d labs.
1: I did. So the two oh, PD yeah. lab was actually the journal club. So, um, you know, I did, I did the journal clubs with the two PDs. I think I did, uh, a like a case presentation with them. Like uh, they were doing, they had just finished med micro at the time. So they did like a antimicrobial, you know, infectious disease, uh, patient case. So I worked with them with that, you know, and then in the one PD lab, this these some of these were on campus, so I was able to work closely with Dr. Pulo, which, you know, is always fabulous whenever you get a chance to work with him. So um, that was really nice to be able to work with him. And uh, most of the two PD labs, I will say, was on Zoom, so I didn't actually see any of the two PDs just on just on Zoom.
0: And it would be like breakout rooms where you kind of have. Yes, your- it
1: was breakout rooms. So I would have like five or six students and just hear their presentations or do hear their verbal assessments and then grade them at the time. And, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm I'm a pretty I was a pretty easy grader because I could totally <laughs> get it. Like I totally remember being in that position and I remember coming to Skills Lab and really appreciating the person who was assessing me and just being like lenient and not, not necessarily marking points off for every single thing, but just kind of like talking me through it and teaching me, like maybe I missed something, but you know, you, you know, the material, but it's just nervous when you're doing it. So it's, you definitely see that on the other side. And so I tried to be really lenient when I was like grading these these students because I can totally empathize with them.
0: So the two things, two things that you said that's really interesting, and um, both supports uh, things that I've. One of them supports one of my theories, and two, the other thing is the uh, the journal club. So Sean and I have talked about doing a journal club episode because we feel like a lot of people have trouble with that. So you just kind of give us some extra added motivation. Oh to yeah, <laughs> the episode. And then the other thing is the the fact that when it comes to having to deal with grading it. I feel like it, it forces us to think of the rubric rather than thinking of what we're doing, like a well thought out, how we're focused more on achieving these points rather than um, like facial cues rather than uh, what's the word I'm looking for. It's soft skills, like using your soft skills and stuff like that and trying to identify if there's any nonverbal cues that you should probably be focusing on to see how you should mold the conversation, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where I kind of feel like maybe we should go away from a grade and maybe do like pass fail, like how some. hundred
1: percent. I agree with you. I actually agree with you hundred percent because that's really what it is. You're going down a rubric and you're checking off all these boxes, but in real life, it doesn't work that way. In real life, you have a conversation with somebody and you have to like go off of like you know, their reaction and their facial cues. And that's why I said, like, I'm, I was trying to be really lenient with their, these rubrics. And again, I don't know which faculty are listening to this process, this production. So hopefully it doesn't get me in any sort of trouble, but I was really trying to just be more of like a mentor with the students instead of like checking off, oh, you missed asking for this. You missed ask, asking for this and just duck, deducting points because in real life, it's, Real life isn't point based like that, you know. So,
0: yeah. and I feel like um even looking back when I was a first year, I felt like that's how they they treated me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say some me. of them did, <laughs> but, sure. but there are some that it just. I yeah. feel like in that position, you have the choice to be having like all this power over these students, or you could choose a different way of like assessing them. And you know, I've had I've had the both ways i've had been in uh assessments verbal assessments where they would just be like oh you missed this and you missed this and you missed this and it was just like point after point and then the other way which is the way i prefer to like teach and the per- way i prefer to be treated to be honest so yeah.
0: no i agree i agree with that i think that was also like instrumental to my growth was having because more more often than not in my skills i've experienced i had a grader that was more of a teacher mm-hmm. wanted me to learn from this experience rather than be like, all right, I'm going to mark you off on all these things. And then now it's like, oh, you like failed or something like that. Not that I ever did that bad, but it's just, I feel like you learn more from having a conversation about like, Hey, all right, what if this patient was reluctant to answer this? Or what would you do in this situation? Like a lot of times I know we're practicing this, but in practice, this is actually how it goes down. So, be mindful of this. This is just like kind of give you some exposure, but nothing is going to go by the book and you'll experience that in pharmacy for sure.
1: Exactly. And like moving away from skills lab, I mean, like I said before, I was working in principles of patient centered care and this was, these were for the one PDs. And this, one of the assignments they had to do was write a soap note. And this was literally their first soap note pharmacy school. And I feel like soap notes is something we were always. You. Do you know? And everybody writes them different, so you know they had to listen to a pre-recorded um, interview and then write a soap note for it. And I graded them two hundred and like eighty-seven soap notes. I graded all of them, and
0: That's brilliant. you
1: just see like at the very beginning how rough they are. But I feel like taking off points because they don't know what they're doing is just so heartbreaking because they're trying, you know. So, every soap note, I would literally write a paragraph about all of the great things they did and then things to work on, and then kind of like circle back to how awesome they are and yeah. how great they are. For
0: it's the compliment sandwich. You start off with something nice, um, then you give exactly, them exactly, and you close with something nice as well. Yeah,
1: so, but I did that for all, all of them took
0: <laughs> weeks to
1: write all of these soap notes. So,
2: <laughs> OMG. Yeah, if we ever decide to do this journal club episode, Joe, then I think we should get Sam to grade us afterwards. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Sam could be Because that's what we're thinking about. We're thinking about maybe one of us actually presenting or maybe both
0: of us presenting a journal club. I uh-huh. mean, the, uh, the other people that are there could be our graders and um, can ask his questions. So it'd be real life journal club.
1: I feel like that'd be actually really helpful for me personally. Like I said, journal clubs is something I hope I never have to do again after (laughs) residency. (laughs) If I could give up one thing of pharmacy school, it'd be journal clubs.
0: (laughs) Journal clubs. I actually don't mind them. Um, That is a good question. Ask me that when we're done to see if I could think of something that I would want to give up. Okay. (laughs) Probably something that I too am just like, all right, I had enough of this.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But Yeah. Okay. Sean, did you have a question?
2: Um, I would say overall, what did you learn or gain from this experience?
1: Honestly, I had no idea how much work these professors actually do, which kind of sounds naive when you think about it, because
2: Mm. going
1: into pharmacy school, you know, I, I kind of thought that the lectures and the material were just passed down from each year and maybe little tweaks here and there. But working with Dr. Miller, you know, for Pa- principles of patient-centered care we really redid like five of the modules in the entire course so we redid the entire like all of them all of the powerpoints all of the lecture material and this went through across all three campuses so you know it wasn't just Orlando students that were getting new material it was all of the students and she was working with Dr. Siegel and you know um Theresa Rohn, there were a lot of people that were involved in changing everything up. And it's all for, you know, because, you know, pharmacy is just something that's going to keep evolving, keep changing. So you have to keep changing the material. And, uh, you know, I will say I was blown away by how much work I did. Um, It was good, though. Like, I, I was happy that I did all that work. It wasn't like I was bored with it. But I definitely felt like I did more actual work on my non-patient care rotation than I did in any of my patient care rotations so far.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Because I was actually, you know, I would go to school from like eight thirty to four every day for the days that we would be on campus and, you know, class would only be two of those hours, but I would be working before the class to like prep material, work after the class to grade things. And then I'd come home and work on PowerPoints to like 10 or 11 o'clock at night for a lecture that will be due, you know, in two weeks from now, just to kind of like keep going. And I guess that's like my student mentality the way I am. Cause I, I go to school, I'm there all day and then I come home and I study and it just, that's just normal for me. So for me to like do that on the teaching side of it just felt normal,
0: even though it was like a lot of work,
1: but I definitely felt like I got a lot out of it for sure.
0: I'm glad you got to experience it too, since you have a interest in being a teacher so now you can definitely see the ins and outs of what they have to go through and how to create a lecture um I, did you get a chance to see the recording process
1: I didn't and I feel like if I had could change any part of the rotation that would be it is to, okay. maybe this isn't something that for everybody but for me I'm pretty comfortable talking in front of people and I I don't mind being recorded you know in a in a setting like that. So I felt like for me, it would have been a really rewarding experience to record a lecture and actually do that part of it. So, um, I didn't end up seeing it mostly because of COVID. We were, we were not on campus a lot of the time, but, um, you know, Dr. Miller, she rocks it and she did her, her lectures.
0: So. Yeah. No, and that's, that's true. Um, maybe, I don't, I don't know if you left that as a comment, like, um, as far as, you know, uh, what is it? We're not farming. Core Elms.
1: Oh, yeah. As
0: far as Core arms, I don't know if you left that as a comment because she's very receptive to things. and um, But it's also, like you said, because of COVID and you're not even there a lot. So it's like it, that's a bit difficult. But maybe for future students, maybe she'll give that option. Because I think that would be really cool if you wanted to. I think to so,
1: too. I think so, too. And I feel like it's a really good opportunity for even if it's just like a short 20-minute lecture, it's a really good opportunity to like, like yeah. see the process and actually – know how hard it is to record those things because sometimes they have to they're in there all day trying to get it right make sure that it's there's no like you know they have to edit it and stuff so it it takes a really long time to make sure that it's it's really well put together
0: Mm -hmm. definitely yeah it's it's pretty cool I, i had that experience once um for a project i was working on with ipho so i got to be in there and see like what they have to go through Mm-hmm. And I was like oh my gosh the screen is so small I'm like I'm like yeah can I get larger print please because it's, <laughs> it's pretty far away and you're just like looking at it and ha- and you also don't want to look like directly at it you just want to glance that where your eyes are like focus at the camera type of thing so it was just like all right right?
1: because otherwise everyone makes fun of you for just reading the slides you know
0: exactly, so exactly.
1: you really have to be prepared
0: <laughs> yeah 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 exactly so that's why um I thought it'd be cool if that's why I wanted to ask if you had that experience because it was. It was, it was difficult um, to definitely like just walk in and think you could do it.
1: Mm -hmm. No, you might
0: be here for a while if it's your first time.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think for a lot of students, it's probably not their favorite thing, like talking in front of people. So it probably would be a good, like practice, you know, for Mm -hmm. most students.
0: Definitely. Um, So that was it for all the questions that I have for you. Sean, did you have any extra ones?
2: none that are coming to me at the moment but I am glad that you're on the podcast so you did get to have some recording experience not a lecture but still an experience and you're doing a great job so
1: yeah thank you guys this has been really cool I'm really I remember you reached out to me like maybe like a month and a half ago and you're like hey you want to be on the podcast and I was like right now (laughs) I didn't realize it was gonna be like a time away from there I literally thought you meant like in that moment
0: (laughs) no 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 Uh, We try. We try to um, pre-record, record record early, so that way uh, we have episodes lined up, and we don't miss a week. So that way, you
1: guys are very proactive. I like that. Yes,
0: yes, we try to be. So, um, to answer, uh, well, it wasn't a question, but as far as something that I would probably want to give up in pharmacy, I don't have a problem with soap notes, but starting a soap note from scratch—that's got to go. Like. I don't want to write a from scratch anymore. I don't yeah. mind writing the assessment and plan, but it's like when I have to do the subjective and objective from scratch. For like, the most
1: part, I feel like I in clinic. And-
0: put the labs in there. <laughs> like, exactly. why, why do I have to put in, you know, the labs myself or something like that? Like just have it transfer over.
1: Exactly. I think for the most part, a lot of places have a template. So yeah. You know, yeah. The soap note from scratch writing was just to torture us during pharmacy school and show us how hard it could be. But then in the real world, it's actually a little bit easier. So, yeah.
0: And I, I had to do that. Um, and like you said, I was at Celebration. So there was a template for the um, for the soap notes. So that was super easy. Like I had no problem with that.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: doing it um, as part of my rotation for Gen med, I had to write like four soap notes from scratch. I was just like, uh, I don't miss this. <laughs> the
1: last <laughs> rotation is Gen Med, so I'll be doing uh, that last.
0: Yeah, so maybe I have to write some some notes from scratch. Probably. Feel my pain. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably one thing. I don't know if you have something, Sean.
2: Well, being on the, like a lot of my experiences retail based, I would say dealing with insurance, I would give up. I never had to
1: do. Oh, I want to change my answer. I agree with that. <laughs> I, hate it. I will do journal Thank clubs
2: weekly as long as I have to touch insurance.
1: Okay, I agree. I want to switch my answer, please.
2: <laughs> but I, I haven't worked like besides like the kippy
0: and the um, and like the community rotation. I haven't had much practice in retail, so I didn't have to deal with insurance that much. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a bother to me, but I could see uh, the techs get frustrated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's it's not, I mean, it's something easy to deal with, but it's just sometimes it throws some, like, roadblocks in the way. So if I didn't have to deal with that, my day would be a lot smoother.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: I agree with that. Um, all right. So is there any questions you have for us before we let you go?
1: Um, I don't know. I guess, like, you know... I don't know what you guys had as far as like your non-patient care elective, but for me having it earlier in the rotation or in the, in the year was nice because it kind of like gives you, if you wanted to have like a letter of recommendation from a patient care preceptor and then a non-patient care preceptor before your residency applications are due, it's really nice. I don't know. Did you guys have your um, non-patient care electives yet?
0: Um, I'm going to say no, <laughs> I'm going to say no. Uh, I think my non-patient care is supposed to be public specialty. I think I don't, it's either that one or guardians. Cause that's what I have next. I have both electives next. So, um, it doesn't really bother me. I personally wanted to do all of the
1: hard stuff first
0: first and like just in case for like any residency interviews or whatever happens after that like i have all that knowledge like down so i would feel more prepared and then going into more niche fields for my electives Mm -hmm. and kind of like catering to that and i think that would help with um also like the naplex so i'd be closer to when i take it so um guardians pharmacy is a geriatric pharmacy
1: yeah i almost did my rotation there
0: yeah okay you know if it was patient care or non-patient care?
1: I think it was patient care. It's considered patient care. Yeah.
0: Okay. And, um, so that, and then also with, uh, Publix, um, that should definitely help if there's any like HIV questions, specialty meds, um, cause it's going to be public specialty, like on the Netflix. So I kind of wanted those later and, and you know, like- that's
1: actually really valuable information because during my mtm rotation i had the opportunity to work with the mtm resident at uf mm-hmm. and she was telling me that on her naplex she had a ton of hiv questions which i feel like is such a i mean it's an important topic of course but it's i feel like it's not something we focus on even even with infectious in, a, in like med micro or stuff like that it's not like one of the core things we focus on and she said she had like maybe 10 or 15 questions just on HIV. And so she was really happy that she, she completed a, a an HIV rotation right before that. So she was really happy that that's what it showed up. But, and I know the NAPLEX can be different for everybody, but just one of the, like one of those things, like to just look at, you know, don't always just focus on like the main, like major disease states, you know, definitely focus on all the little stuff because all those little stuff are questions, you know,
0: Yeah, definitely. So that, since you're saying that, it kind of has me, uh, the one thing I kind of wish I did, but I also don't because I don't have an interest in the field. So I didn't want to like waste the rotation kind of, I guess you could say would be like oncology. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important. Um, I agree. I'll probably get some Netflix questions on it and just to have, a be more versed in it. I don't feel too confident with oncology right now. I don't
1: either. I always felt like oncology was super like hard to understand. No.
0: So that's why it's like, We have Sean cool. over
1: here, who's Mr. Rokai, so maybe he knows all of that.
2: <laughs> Mr. Rokai. Uh, don't ask me any trivia right now, please. <laughs> but, yeah,
0: that's how I feel um, with oncology, too, and definitely specialty. So that's why I wanted to do that, because it'd be an opportunity to learn. But I'm also kind of interested in it. Um, so that's why I also wanted to do it. Yeah. This field is kind of different. Um, so I was like, okay, this seems pretty chill. I was like, let me let me see if I can get this elective. But yeah. I would I, I would prefer it after, but that's because of the career I'm focused in. If I was doing retail, I don't think I would care. It wouldn't make a difference. If I was focused on a fellowship, um, as long as I could do like an industry type rotation beginning earlier, mm-hmm. I would say that would be more of my focus. So um in that case I probably went like to patient care earlier if I was interested in a field like that. So yeah. it it really just mattered on the field that I was interested in. Great question.
2: All right, I'll go ahead and answer yours. So currently I, well, I don't have any non-patient care electives. Both my electives are patient care electives. So I have critical care, which I just did, and I actually loved it. And then towards the end of the year, I have infectious diseases Ooh. before, before COVID. I had a non-patient care elective and compounding pharmacy, which I was super excited for, but I did have to drop it. But my community rotation, the rotation I'm about to start in January, is actually in an independent pharmacy that does compounding. So I'm hoping that I can kind of get some experience there. So,
1: which pharmacy is that?
2: Uh, Taylor's.
1: Oh, so fun! I love Taylor's. I took the advanced community um, pharmacy elective with dr curtis after my first year and we got to tour taylor's and and the compounding pharmacy and that was a really awesome experience so that'll be good you'll you'll love that
2: yeah i'm excited
0: any uh, any other questions for, for us same
1: i don't think so i mean i'm just happy that you guys are able to like schedule this around my busy crazy lifestyle and appreciate the opportunity to be on here and talking to you guys so thank you, thank you.
0: As soon as we hang up, the baby's going to wake up, and then...
1: (laughs) I'm actually so amazed that he's still sleeping.
0: Thank you so much for coming on, Sam. We appreciate it. Um, Anytime.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: No, no, of course. And thank you for providing your, your insight on your experience with the academic rotation. I'm assuming you would give it two thumbs up. I would
1: give it two thumbs up, absolutely. And I don't know how it works with your listeners, but you know, if anybody ever has any questions or anything, you could always like, you know, give them my information. I'd be happy to answer any like specific questions about the rotation that they have. And um, I definitely recommend it. It's one of those things where, you know, teachers are always somebody who's in our life, but it's not necessarily a role that we identify with or know. And I feel like it's kind of similar to like serving. Like I've been a server my whole life, and if you've never been a server, you don't really understand it. So I feel like it's one of those things you need to do at one point in your life to just get that perspective. And I feel that way about teaching. I feel like everybody should have just like a small amount of teaching just so you can appreciate what they do and how hard it is at times. So um, that would be like the one bit of information I have for your listeners is you can just get like a little bit of teaching experience. It doesn't have to be a whole rotation, but just something somewhere it would probably really benefit you in the long run for sure
0: and i'm glad you said that because that was something that i know We i feel like we all just we all wondered at one point in school like what does a teacher do like it doesn't seem that difficult but it
1: doesn't I, seem that difficult I'm at sure, all but it's a lot of work for
0: yeah, sure i'm sure it's a lot of work and it's a different kind of work and like you said earlier with um new drugs always being released, new clinical trials, new information, um, even new diseases with COVID nineteen and stuff like that. So it's like now you have to change lectures. Um something that was you know, you just changed in twenty nineteen, now you have to change again in twenty twenty, you might have to change again in twenty twenty one. So it's like yeah, crazy. forever changing, forever evolving. And that could be a lot of work and then a lot one thing I I feel like I always forget is that sometimes or I shouldn't say sometimes <laughs> majority of the teachers, I feel like they also have another job, like mm-hmm. teaching is their only job. So it's like they're working two jobs, and that's you know that's a testament to their to their work ethic and um, how much they truly care about pharmacy because they're hand, they're juggling two different tasks and um, still being able to be like a, an advisor to us as well, whether mm-hmm. it's through being a faculty advisor or just in general, just being a mentor and advisor. So exactly, they do but it's do definitely
1: stuff. rewarding. Like it's definitely a very rewarding. Experiences the i mean the students are very like receptive to any like feedback you give them and very appreciative and especially the one pds because they're so new they're so like green and they don't know anything like
2: so they come
0: three pds then they act like they're too good for everybody
1: (laughs) (laughs) the three pds are really really appreciative too i mean honestly (laughs) all three years were really like awesome to me anyway i don't know about to other um you know academic students but I was pretty familiar because it was my school, you know, it was my campus. So I knew all the three PDs really well. And the two PDs I was really familiar with because I'd worked with them on a lot of events and stuff. And, you know, the one PDs are so new, but because I met most of them and orientation, they were all really, really just awesome. Like everybody was just really, it was just overall, it was just, it was great. It was just so great.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So that's great to hear. And, um, all right. So, well, I'm assuming email will be fine. I could drop your email in our show notes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You just yeah. throw it in there and, you know, if anybody ever has any questions or anything, I'm just yeah. email away.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. So we'll include Sam's email um, for the description. So if anybody has any questions, definitely go ahead and um, just email Sam. Thank you again for being on. Everybody that's listening, Uh, Just a reminder, we are on Apple Podcasts, so you can just search on Apple Capsule Production Podcast. You can find us there. Go ahead and subscribe and um, download our content weekly. And then if you're on Spotify, we're also on Spotify. If you prefer to listen through Spotify, just search for Capsule Production Podcast. Same thing. Uh, You can check us out on there and also on Podbean. Um, Our Instagram, definitely check us out on Instagram. Capsule Production is our name search for us on thursdays we do teach back thursdays or sorry uh tester knowledge thursdays we do your knowledge thursdays and um basically what we do is a quick one question quiz on our ig story on thursdays and um we got about 10 seconds to answer and then we post the correct answer or the rationale to the correct answer on either friday or sometime over the weekend usually so basically it's just some things from either um the naplex that we kind of found would be beneficial or something from maybe one of our preceptors asks us a question, whether it be like myself or Sean or even Rachel or Alvin, et cetera. So um, definitely tune in for that. I think it's great. You guys can kind of get some exposure to the type of questions maybe a preceptor would ask and also like the NAPLEX and um, just a great way to learn. I feel like a lot of us are learning better from small tidbits of information. So if it's something that you didn't know, you're not sure about, maybe you just review it real quick or wait for the rationale and that kind of teaches you why that's the correct answer and now you can remember it because i always felt like i learned better from things i got incorrect than the things that i got so um definitely tune in for that with that being said thank you so much for listening everybody um and stay tuned